0: I think the musical I didn't direct, Tim directed, but we were producing it uh, and performing in it, which is hard enough, Uh, and then to direct and produce and perform in an improv festival at the same time. Uh, But I was passionate about it. I just really wanted to do it. I think I was on holidays in, uh, I want to say Adelaide, and called the Newtown Theatre and said, do you have a week next year I want to do it? And then they said yes, that was in October, I think. And so they not had three months to organise and put on a festival. That's insane. Yeah. Well, I, I thought yeah. there are so many people doing interesting yeah. things now. This is when you know people were really starting to do yeah. their own shows and and the connections between Melbourne and
1: Sydney were starting to be, get forged yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, Melbourne have a Halloween weekend, which uh, you know they have a three or four nights where they put on shows and they invite people from other states to come and take part. And I think we'd been invited down to that. Uh, the year before. I think Kira was probably at that while I was in Adelaide, actually. Um, So, yeah, we thought we'll get people together from Sydney, from Australia, and put on all the different shows and see what happens. Uh, How how much do you want me to talk about the festival? Um, Well, how
1: much work was it? Was it hard getting everybody together? Um, Was it successful? Was it something that Sydney could, could do? Because I'm not sure if I meant to mention it, but you did have another one planned. We did have another um, one planned, which didn't come off. It didn't come off. Please excuse the pl- excuse the planes. That's um, all right. This is
0: just the people from Chicago coming yeah, over to correct we. us on the Herald. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, I looked. You at, must have been happy with it. I, I was. I was really happy with it. I was hugely happy with what we achieved uh, and how it all went, and uh, my ability to perform during that week. Uh, I think that's probably some of the best improv i've done was during that week even though everything else was going on so yeah in in all senses it was a success when i pitched the idea to kira i put together a budget for it and said we can lose up to three thousand dollars but we'll still have money in the bank because we've been doing this corporate work and we went are we happy to lose three thousand dollars to put this on and we went yeah yeah. Uh so we put it on and I think we made a hundred dollars profit or something. Yeah. Right. So in terms of yeah, it was a success. We yeah. didn't I was expecting to lose money and we didn't. And uh And you threw in a whole bunch of different uh Formats to try? I did, uh, I did. I came up with a bunch of things that I wanted to do or I wanted to be done, so I just programmed them in and then uh, asked people to be in them, or in yeah. some cases people just took up, took the idea and ran off with it yeah. and came back with something amazing. So yeah, some of the ideas, uh, I think Kale had been talking about, Friends in, in the States and Canada had been doing two-person improv where you know they'd get 20 minutes each and they had to just improvise for that. Uh, so I threw that into the program and, you know, Kale is now, I think, using that format as yeah. tennis uh, Tuesday night shows. I had the idea of you know what's funnier sketch comedy or improv. I guess from the background of you know uh, barrel of monkeys and stuff, and watching sketch comedy and going, man, we could improvise better than that. Yeah. Right. So I had the idea where you'd get you know one of the the uni uh, arts review or law review or whatever troops to come in and do a sketch, and then have another troop that would pick up on ideas from that and then improvise something from that. Uh, you know that was that was fun. Yeah. Uh, we'd been jamming an idea which again came from overseas of uh, doing a show in the dark so we basically did like there's no tomorrow but with the lights off uh, which we had to jam because it's actually it's not just doing the same show with the lights off you have to go well, we really have no restrictions here we can physically imply anything and we don't have to act it out like you know in, in improv you can act anything out anyway yeah. but uh, you know we had snipers on roofs shooting across buildings and you know people flying yeah, right. or whatever yeah. there's so much that you can do so uh what else do we have we had uh, a guest uh new improv show newish improv show in the fourth wall oh the fourth wall yeah Yep. um we had yeah people from queensland come up people have come down rather with their show which is the first time i'd heard of guerrilla theater. Uh, we had Melbourne come up with a fantastic show called More or Less Which uh, again is a Canadian idea I think Which is where someone will direct a scene And uh, every so often you turn to the audience and ask Do you want to see more of this or have you had enough? You know, More or Less And it was a great idea, it was such a great yeah. show And uh, some, some courses as well We did, yeah, we had uh, in- Introduction to Improv courses You remember this better than I do I don't know why. That's a good memory. <laughs> um, so we thought, uh, as part of you know, part of the festival was bringing the improv community together, but also uh, introducing the improv community to other people and creating what I like to think of as an audience community that yeah. would come along and see the show. And we thought some of the most enthusiastic audience members are people that are learning improv, uh, and the more people that learn improv, the better the scene yeah. will be. So yeah, we had some some workshops. Uh, teaching people improv, uh, which, as far as I know, were quite successful. I didn't do them because I was busy getting the theatre ready and stuff like that. But, yeah, and it was the first time uh, that we had a stage that we could do whatever we wanted on. Normally, uh, I don't know, I'm sure this isn't the way in other countries and in other, uh, other improv communities, whenever we do a show, we get the Sunday night spot or the, you know, the Monday night spot, and we perform on whatever stage is there, whatever play or show is currently in the theatre space. But because we had the theatre for a week, we could do whatever we wanted. So I, I got a set designer to come in and put some stuff that we could actually touch and play with, which is something else we could never do. So, yeah, it was, it was a huge... Vision, a huge undertaking, and it all went down really well, except that we uh, printed a bunch of T-shirts which we thought all the the performers would want as a memento. Yeah. I still have some. <laughs> if anyone wants some <laughs> improv festival okay. T-shirts...
1: Yeah. Actually, it's that'd be great to well. have
0: one now because it's got a list on the back of all the shows all that all were shows in there. Uh, Uni of New South Wales it. created a show uh, for that. Yeah. The festival so yeah. yeah it was bringing everyone together yeah, it was giving, great. giving everyone a yeah, I was stage. actually sick that week but apart from that
1: uh, <laughs> that I, was your issue I probably really. would have come and seen more of it um, yeah okay and so that was you probably couldn't get much bigger than an improv festival
0: I would imagine no um well, so. we had planned a bigger festival, as, as, you, as you alluded to. We had put in an application to do it again, I think, at the end of the following year. Part of the reason I wanted to put on the festival, it was end of January, beginning of February, was because it's comedy festival season just after that. So Melbourne Comedy Festival, Sydney Comedy Festival, Adelaide Fringe, things like that. Um, and I thought everyone would want to come along and test out their show and you know get reviews for it before they head down to Melbourne. As it turned out, most people didn't want to do it because they were either busy perfecting their show or they didn't want to cut away from the audience that would come and see them when they came back yeah. to Sydney. So we thought we'd hold it later in the year, um, make it bigger, you know, change some things. Um, so we put in a proposal again to the Old Fitz Theatre at the end of the previous year, and we didn't get confirmation of... Of the, the, the spot until about three weeks beforehand, or something right. ridiculous. And considering we wanted people to come over from the States, it just yeah, wasn't, wasn't going to work. wasn't doable. Mm. So that idea kind of fell away.
1: Okay. Um, at the same time, I believe, actually, no, you probably spent the next part of that year uh, rehearsing the mockingbird?
0: Uh, it's probably. I think we went to Melbourne that year doing Blank. I can't remember yeah, what might year have been a a beach. Blank, Yeah. Maybe we just had a rest uh, yeah. after the festival for a little while. Did some corporate shows. The Mockingbird... But did... You go from, like, the improv festival to just you. Me, yeah. 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 <laughs> um... That was a personal, personal development, personal growth thing. Doing all this improv, which is all very high energy and jokey. And uh, again, I'm going to go to UNSW here. They hel- uh, held hold um, every fortnight a smokers concert, which I think comes from Cambridge Footlights, right. the idea. And it's basically you've you know the stage, you get the stage for seven minutes to do whatever you want. So I started experimenting and doing some things there. And I thought one thing I want to do is just tell stories. Um, uh, so I was going to read a book, read, you know, the first chapter of a book. Yeah. But uh, this feels like an interview for The Mockingbird. Long story short, Long story I told it, short. I told a story about my life, uh, or a story from my life, which uh, the seven minutes ended. I think I actually went to 12 minutes or something and ran out of time. I said, I'm going to have to finish this, you know, to be continued. And everyone went, oh, what? And I was like, wow, everyone's really oh, yeah. hanging on, on this story. So I came back and, and finished the story and uh, people were really moved and were like, wow, oh, that was really good, and I thought, well, this could be a show. Uh, so I did a third part, which was completely different, and had music and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, Impro Australia had the Old Fitz Theatre, actually, for a few weeks doing a Christmas show. And they weren't doing Tuesday nights, so I knew there was a Tuesday night free. So I went, can I use the theatre that night? And they mm. said yes. And so I booked it in and advertised it and then wrote the remaining 40 minutes of the show um, and performed it and went, wow, that was really cool. I just did a one-man show that was hugely yeah. satisfying and scary. Um, and then I decided to bring it back. So I, I thought I'd bring it back into a full season of it. Um, I got Adam Jilin, who was a fellow improviser, uh, to direct it and a uh, it? give me some advice, which was amazingly helpful because I thought as an improviser, I'm learning all these acting skills and storytelling skills. There's actually a whole lot that I don't know about playwriting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did that and that was, that was personally uh, really rewarding and really, really scary. That's probably the most nervous I've been ever performing yeah. i think or well, before performing uh once you get into it you're all right but i was producing that and performing in that and writing that and at the same time i was producing uh a show for pro australia which was i want to say celebrity yeah. theater sports one of those one of those big and more yeah. shows uh you know two thousand seat theater uh which we sold out for the first time in a couple of years so yeah. you know i'm just putting this down yeah no absolutely you know i was producer when we sold yeah. out uh yeah. But yeah, and did, then did the paycheck arrive for that? or Yes, it did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, six bucks, <laughs> which in improv is a lot of money. With gold, yeah. uh, and also producing Gorilla Theater, which uh, we were putting on in yeah. Sydney as well, and then which is another Keith Johnston format. Yes, it is, mm. and it's uh, yeah. Uh, when um, Edge Improv came down from Queensland for the Improv Festival, they brought. Uh, the Guerrilla Theatre format with them and taught us, you know, a bit about that. And then the following year or that year, I went to Melbourne and learned a bit more about it and went, this is awesome. I have to put this on. Mm. And the reason I like the Guerrilla Theatre format so much uh, is its huge contrast with Sydney Theatre Sports. Uh, I'll just explain that Sydney Theatre Sports... You'll have four teams playing in any night and you've got a host and the host will introduce the show which takes about 10 minutes and then introduce round one and the timekeeper and all that which will take about five minutes and then each team gets up to play a one minute game which takes two minutes to set up each game and then you play a two minute game and then you play a three minute game and we kept on getting told in uh, you know, in the main stage shows that the host has high status, you're not allowed to, to do anything to detract from the status of the host. And Melbourne was all about mischief. And Guerrilla Theatre is all about mischief. And uh, having fun in between all the scenes. And to me, I didn't want to turn up to a three-hour show to play for 12 minutes. I wanted to turn up and be part of a show. And Guerrilla Theatre gives you the chance to do that. You you know, each player is a player and director. And there's mischief involved. And, uh, yeah, it was hugely different and so fun uh i got some of the the veteran sydney theater sports players involved with that and they really enjoyed the freedom of it and the, the challenge it, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah. um and then having directed and uh, produced and performed in well, not, uh, you know those three shows that kind of came around about the same time i had a rest yeah and eighteen months later, you're still having. I'm rest. still having a rest. Okay,
1: which is probably a good cue to get on to um, forty nine minutes into the, <laughs> the <laughs> podcast. Well, <we're, laughs> so we won't talk about it too much. By the sound of it, um, okay. Well, what, what, what? what tips would you give um to i guess up-and-coming players producers who, who are doing that kind of thing because we've got a lot of, a lot of new improvisers coming through that are no longer just going scriptless and then figuring out that there might be more mm. they're sort of doing some theater sports courses and then straight away thinking well i don't want to do theater sports i want to do something else so mm. they're running their own shows and, and the, the sydney scene is starting to become a lot more vibrant again in the last six months
0: yeah absolutely um,
1: what kind of tips would you give for those for those people? For so um, getting,
0: getting a show up and, and getting an audience along and, you know... Getting an audience along, that's, uh, oh, that's anyone's big, guess yeah, now. It yeah, um, <laughs> used to be Facebook, that was the only reason I signed up to Facebook, yeah. was to spam people yeah. about shows, but now it's all I get it. is spam about other people's shows. <laughs> it's probably Twitter now, but that's probably... Yeah. Oh, it was probably Twitter six months ago, It's <laughs> probably not Twitter anymore. Uh, well, in terms of putting on a show, um, do it. Give yourself the freedom to fail. Um, you can rehearse the show forever and never be ready. Uh, I, th- I think you should book the show. Give yourselves, you know, six weeks, two months, or whatever. Rehearse, knowing that you're putting on a show in two months, and put on the show, and you'll you'll do fine. If the show sucks, then th- th- people doesn't matter. accept that. Yeah. 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 Do it, do it again, do it different. Um, maybe it wasn't the right audience. Maybe it wasn't the right venue. Uh, so that would be my first tip: is just to do it. And once you've booked it in and given yourself the incentives, I guess, to to tell people about it and do it, you will do it and you'll be fine. Uh, I would suggest that you don't direct and play. I would even suggest that you don't produce and play. Yeah. They're very different headspaces to be in. Uh, you know, if you're running around worrying because you know, something's gone wrong with the ticketing box or whatever, you're not ready to put on a show so don't do it um, what else? Surround yourselves with uh, people you want to play with What about, um, what about getting in uh,
1: external directors instead of one of the group, I mean you, you worked with Adam, did you, uh, did you work with um, a couple of other directors at times as well or was
0: it mainly just you? Uh, it was mostly us I think Trying to think of the show's one of the big big,
1: big ironies, you know, you want to put on a a show because you want to do a certain thing, and the first thing they tell you is, Well, don't play in it. It's Mm. like, Well, why am I doing
0: this? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, if you're really passionate about a specific format or a specific idea, you'll probably want to direct it so that it comes out the way that you wanted it. Um, If you're happy to let someone else direct it or uh, at least assistant direct it or assistant produce it so on the night you can concentrate on playing, sure. One thing that we learned uh, doing Barrel of Monkeys and doing Like There's No Tomorrow is people actually respect the director in that they'll ask you to make decisions, and that was something I wasn't used to because I was like, "Hey, we're improvising, we're all a troupe, you know, we're coming up with stuff together." Uh, But eventually, the director has to make decisions, so be prepared to uh, direct, Mm. give feedback. yeah, I don't know. I've not, aside from Adam, I've not worked with an external director. Okay. Um, I mean, Tim directed us for, for Black the Musical, and that was good, but he was playing in it and we were producing it, so I'm kind mm. of breaking the rules there. Yeah, oh, yeah. and break the rules. Here's the yeah. thing if people tell you, you know, you've, you've got to do this and you've got to do that and you don't want to, break the rules. It doesn't matter. Upstage the host, make mischief. What about um, uh, the insurance side? Uh, yeah. The insurance side. Um, I know a lot of people are doing shows now without insurance. Yeah. Um, I don't have an opinion on that. Right. Uh, really? Um, they're doing it. Cool. Nothing's gone mm. wrong so far. They're saving themselves several thousand dollars. So, as long as the venue is happy with them doing that, yeah. then, uh, that's, you know, that's yeah. that's what it is. Um... We had to have insurance for a few of the things we did, especially the corporate gigs, and therefore we were co-producing. I think we've let it lapse now, so I can't offer to co-produce anything. Um, co-productions, either approach uh, a large company, Impro Australia has been doing a lot of co-productions, or one of the other companies that started up that has insurance. So uh, we co-produced a show which became Princess Cabaret, which was a, an all-girl cabaret show. Um, after they did that, they then spun off and produced their own, or created their own production company and they now have insurance. Um, go to them. Mm. Okay. Yep. If you if you need to be covered by insurance. Yeah. If you,
1: if you feel you need to. Mm. Um, but as someone who's seen um, a number of people be uh, injured on stage and rushed off to hospital, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably urge people to seriously consider what they want to do. Um, but yeah, it's a big... It's a big cost. Mm. What about um, uh, coaches? We don't have this concept of coaches We in don't. Sydney.
0: I, was, uh, I was talking to my partner about that uh, just yesterday, talking about yeah. improv and saying, well, there's a new group, uh, Panda Smackdown, which uh, has just started up recently, and from what I hear, they're doing fantastic things and breaking the rules and taking risks yep. and doing things that they really want to do. And I was saying, I really want to support them and be involved don't necessarily want to produce or play are happy to be their coach um yeah we we don't have improv coaches really uh i guess to have improv coaches you probably need troops probably um do you want to just quickly define improv coach? For uh,
1: yeah, so, I mean, a, a director would, would direct as in help sculpt the show and, and, and direct the players in what to do and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Whereas a coach is more um, improv skills and, and giving a bit of input, but the the, the group still defines what they're doing mm. in a way. Um, so, you know, you would get get a coach in just, you know, maybe every second rehearsal or who knows. And, yeah. Yeah, just give feedback give give on the question. Yeah, give notes, yeah.
0: which... Uh, it's something we've never actually done. We've never given improv notes in our, yeah. In our uh, right. shows. Okay, yeah, um, I guess because we're in them. Yeah. <laughs> but you've never thought as a, as a group to, to
1: share notes after the show? Other than, I know some people like them, some people don't. I, can't, I actually quite like sitting around afterwards and sort of like analysing shows and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that and learning things about my play and shows and stuff like that. Other people hate it. They think, you know, we just had a standing ovation, let's walk off and get drunk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I personally, I don't mind, uh, you know, deconstructing a show a little bit and kind of going, you know, this was really good or, or yeah. something. But I don't know, maybe, maybe for me it's just a, a different frame of mind of... Uh, who was it? One of my improv gurus who writes improv books, uh, probably, or writes something on the internet, uh, is turn off your inner critic and so when you when you in fact it's mcnapier now that i think right. about it turn off your inner critic so when you're in a show you're in the moment watch what you've just done and you know so note okay i've just done this thing this is either a, you know an offer or a character yeah. trade or something like that um but don't judge it so don't go oh my god i just you know i just asked a question i can't ask a question yeah. so maybe maybe that's why i don't think about the show I can go through yeah, a whole right. show and not realise what's happened yeah. until someone points it out maybe so maybe, yeah. maybe I need so notes I <laughs> that's right yeah. oh, no <laughs> wow this is a huge revelation for me thank you Richard no worries yeah
1: okay um, what, what, do you, what do you see as some of the, the good things in, in, in Sydney Improv that, that, that could help people out I mean I mean, it's a good community I think mm. of good people um, yeah yeah Uh, quite a humble community, I guess, the majority of people who would help if you asked them. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of of experienced improvisers who are actually really surprised and honoured when you ask them to be involved in something. Um, I don't know how that is around the world, but, you know, certainly when I think of theatre and I think of acting, if you go, oh, let's ask you know, Kate Blanchett to come along and read this part. She, I I can't imagine that she'd be surprised and flattered. Um, but in the improv community, yeah, people are really happy to help out. Um, and I think in, while in some senses it's bad that there's such a limited pool of improvisers, uh, it's actually good in, in many ways because it's such a tight knit group. Um, you know, people are happy to be in three or four different shows at once. Um, so yeah. yeah everyone's approachable you can go along to a show and get to know improvisers and talk to them and yeah. um i think there's a lot of good new stuff happening in terms of people going out and doing their own shows there's regular shows so i think a scene or a community is kind of building which is exciting it's certainly it different to when cycles, we started
1: it, it like There was a, a like a long-form cycle two or three years ago. Mm. It sort of faded down
0: again and sort of started to pick up again. Yeah. But it's getting stronger and stronger every time. So. And maybe that maybe if we doubled the number of improvisers, it would continue until the next wave came up and yeah, then it would be constant. Then we start talking about players and audience and all that sort of stuff. Yes. Just, so, yeah. Enough for three other podcasts. That's so. right. You can talk to someone else about that. Uh, training programs would be good, getting more people trained, I think. And venues.
1: Venues. Well, this is probably my final question. Um, w- what do you think Sydney needs? What what sort of things need to be put in place maybe for... I guess that depends on what we want Sydney to become. Mm. But, um, yeah, you would think a, a vibrant community with lots of different kind of things yeah, happening absolutely. and experimentation and all sorts of it's stuff.
0: Validity as an art form, I think. People, people feel safe with stand-up and they feel safe with a trivia night, but improv... Yeah, people don't yet feel safe, they don't feel like it's a sure thing, if they go along they're going to have a good time, I think uh, that's what I think, um, and having been to some shows that I wouldn't recommend uh, it's not always a guarantee uh, then again I've been along to some bad stand-up comedy nights, and some really bad trivia nights um, I think venues, good venues would, would help immensely uh, there's a venue that everyone's using at the moment, the Roxbury Hotel in Glebe Um, which has an upstairs and a downstairs stage. The upstairs stage is fantastic. The downstairs is horrendous. Um, You did a blank there at one point, didn't you? Yeah, we did a a musical, long form, musical blank. Uh, While there was a party going on upstairs and the audience is downstairs, and so from on stage we couldn't hear anything. Um, I don't know how (laughs) it was from in the audience, but... Just uh, listen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so some new venues that, that are dedicated spaces with nice stages and that are affordable and uh, yeah yeah
1: okay um ti- quite timely because uh, well I'm about to give away when we're recording this but in two days time you'll be uh, monologuing oh monologue
0: <laughs> yeah what do monolog- we call it in Australia Monologuing. I know I know I know in, I know in the states if uh, listen to podcasts they call it a monologist monologist someone that gives the monologue Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, would you be drawing upon some of uh, the other stuff you've done for that, or are you just going to be doing... We haven't really talked about how it's going to work.
0: Yeah, in terms of uh, the monologuing and telling a story, yeah, I've I've learned a lot of acting skills through improv, and I think that's what I'll be drawing on. Um, You know, things like presence and eye contact with the audience and... uh, having a point, which I've demonstrated so eloquently (laughs) today. Uh, There'll be one-hour monologues. (laughs) And then some guy will improvise for 30 seconds. That's right.
1: right. But
0: damn, it'll be good. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be good. (laughs) Um, So it'll be drawing on, yeah, or just life experience. I mean, I love doing the monologues because they're true stories. And I find it fascinating either watching them, you know, or picking them apart or doing them because you learn so much about uh, the people. From, from listening to their monologue. I think yeah. it's, it's one of my favourite formats, I think. Cool.
1: Okay, well, we'll look forward to seeing you on Sunday night then. Um, and thank you for coming along today. Thank you.